Well, it is September officially, and this means we are back to school, back to work, back to sports, and of course, back to pumpkin spice lattes. But it also inevitably means we are back to stress. I mean, stress for a lot of us doesn't necessarily have to wait until September to show up, but we are maxed out and it takes a toll. But Jesus has a remedy for this all-consuming worry, and it provides the deepest rest of all, rest for the soul. That's today on the podcast. Hey, it's Marisa from the Tower Hill production team. Thank you so much for listening into our Tower Hill podcast. Whenever or wherever you're listening, we hope this podcast blesses you, and we hope that you feel free to share it with someone that you know so that they'll feel blessed too. We are starting a brand new sermon series today called Failure to Launch. Pastor Jason is going to take us through four very common obstacles that we face when living out our faith, and better, how to overcome them. Today, we open this series with obstacle number one, stress. So let's check it out right now. Yeah, maybe that rings a little true. I'm glad we could laugh about it. All the things that stress us out uh, a little too much, if we're honest. And that's what this sermon series is about, getting to the root of some of these things that cause us to freak out. But even more importantly, things that prevent us from living the purpose that God has for us because they have us all wrapped up and twisted up. So this series is called Failure to Launch, Four Common Obstacles to Living Your Purpose and How to Overcome Them. So according to that video, do you think, would you consider yourselves a little stressed out? This is a stressful time of year, right? But we're all feeling a little stressed out. Beginning of September, we're back into it. We're feeling the, the craziness of our new schedules, of our lives. Maybe we're feeling a little bit on edge as we get back to our new routine. Now, I can't imagine why you're feeling stressed out. You don't have anything going on. This, this is one of my favorite shots because this gives so much anxiety to people. <laughs> like when they look at it like, oh my gosh, I know, I've got so much going on. Like you have so much going on that you can't possibly fit it into your calendar. You, there just isn't enough margin to fill for you when you're getting back to this new part of the year. And you're feeling the stress of that. And do you know why? Because your lives are insane. Our lives are insane. Uh, we have relatives who live in Missouri, and it's, it always cracks me up when we talk to them, and they talk about how busy they are in Missouri. <laughs> and it's just a little different. In fact, we start launching it. So what are you guys up to, right? And we start launching into our schedule, and they start looking at you like, how do people live this way? What's, like, what's the matter with you? We know this pace of life we have here is not sustainable, right? Like, we know that. We know that the stress that we feel in going to work, I mean, my gosh, the stress you face going to work, anybody who goes into the city, the stress you face before 9 a.m. is more than a lot of people have an entire day. And that's before you even started working. But whether it's work or school or schedules, it's like we have this baseline of stress that never seems to go away. Or, maybe, or the soccer fields. Hey, listen, it's that time of year. My kids are back. My kids are back in uh, rec sports. And there's a certain level of stress that goes with that. Even if, if you have three kids and each kid does one sport, that's three different sports you're trying to juggle. Usually, it's a lot more than that that your kids are involved in. 
So it can become very, very stressful. And I feel like this stress just, um, I don't know, comes out in weird ways. I even get stressed by the NFL. I mean, listen, I'm an, o- I'm an Oakland Raiders fan. Knock on wood if you're with me. Um, no, no, no. No, because I grew up in California, I saw all that other stuff. Anyway, stress is coming at us everywhere, and technology isn't helping. You ever been on WebMD? (laughs) Right? Like, you start, I think, like, a manifestation of my stress is I'll go on WebMD, and I'll start reading. I'm like, you know what? I'm pretty sure I have this. (laughs) That's me. I have scurvy. (laughs) I knew it. I knew it was something. (laughs) My toe's hurting. I have gout. I knew it. We are so stressed. We are so stressed. And of course, you know, there's all sorts of issues that go with that. But I think this is our first obstacle that gets in the way of living our purpose is stress. Because what happens is your level of stress, not just physiologically but spiritually, can derail you from what God wants. It becomes all-consuming. It becomes all you think about. And what is stress? It's actually, you're worried about stuff that hasn't even happened. And yet it occupies your brain. Now, even just physically, stress does serve a purpose. This is really important. All right, sir, your adrenal glands, they get going, they get your heart going with adrenaline. Get your heart beating fast, your kind of blood sugars are up, you're ready. You're getting ready, you have a heightened sense of awareness. At the same time, you're pumping out cortisol, which is turning off in your body all non-essential functions, which comes in handy if you're ever in this situation. I don't know if any of you have ever been in this. Go ahead and go to the next, yeah. So, listen, if you're running from a bear or a tiger or swimming from a shark, this is when you want your stress to go up. You want to get that heart beating, you want to get the cortisol going, you want to get moving so that you can fight or flight, right? It's like that's what your body's preparing for, except most of us, we're not running from bears. We're sitting at desks. We're going on with daily life, and we're living with this baseline adrenaline, and it's stressing us out. It's, it's not good for us to have this much stress all the time, just physiologically. I mean, just think about our schedules, too. It's like, oh, man, I got a 15-minute window. Let's meet. Wait, first, let me get some more coffee. Go, go, go. And there's a part of us that knows we can't keep this up forever without seeing something go wrong. But we kind of just keep going anyway. And you know what else it does? It's not just physiological, it's spiritual. I think there is such thing as a spiritual stress. And I mean, we're integrated beings anyway. You can't just say our spirit's this and our body's this. It's all interwoven. When you get physically tired, you get spiritually tired. It it goes hand in hand. When you're stressed, you start to develop spiritual stress. And here's the cost. Here's the problem. Spiritual stress can drive us toward poor decisions And we end up exchanging God's plan for our plan. Why? Because we want out of the stress as quick as possible. If we see a shortcut, we're going for it. The problem is, sometimes that leads us to poor choices in the sake of trying to get out of the stress. We don't trust what God is doing. 
And in the end, it actually creates a lot more stress because we're not on that path that God has for us to flourish the most. So how does spiritual stress occur? I think there are at least three different ways that this stress comes up in our lives or is a stress producer. The first one is we stress when we have to wait. We hate waiting. It's like if, I don't know, 20 years ago, if you had dial-up internet, you'd probably, you'd probably be satisfied. If you went to someone's house and they had dial-up, you would lose your mind. <laughs> we, we hate waiting. We don't wait for anything. We hate waiting. And especially if you're waiting on God for something, it's like waiting for somebody in a restaurant. You ever do that? You ever wait somebody at a coffee shop or a restaurant, you know, 10 minutes go by, you're like, okay, 10 minutes, like 15 start squirming a little bit, 20, you're like, okay, look, what's going on? 25, are they trapped under something heavy? Are they okay? <laughs> if you get to 30, then, then it's the whole like, they forgot about me. How could they? We talked about this three times. When we're waiting for someone to show up, it causes a lot of stress. And my kids will never know the beauty of having to wait before cell phones on if your parents were going to come or not while you're waiting, sitting on the curb with no way to get hold of them. We don't wait anymore. And here's the spiritual equivalent is we're waiting on God to show up in our life. We want him to show up in a situation, in a relationship, in a circumstance. And when he doesn't show up in the way we want, on the timeline that we want, we start stressing out. We stress when we have to wait. The second one, I think maybe isn't as intuitive, but I think we also stress when we want. What do I mean? Well, in this culture that we're in, in this place in American society, we are taught that we are never to be content with what we have. We must constantly upgrade. I mean, take your phone, for example. I, I mean, listen. The last couple of phones I bought, I didn't need, but I was persuaded to upgrade. And then you go home, and they already came out with the next one. They're already obsolete. You're persuaded to upgrade. Not that it's wrong to want to improve areas of your life, but there's a spiritual cost. When you're constantly looking to upgrade your, your job, your car, your phone, your clothes, maybe your body image, maybe whatever it is for you. Could even be your relationships. You're taught, I think spiritually speaking, to be discontent with what you have. And I don't think that's good. I think it creates stress. When you're feeling discontent, I think that breeds the stress because you want to upgrade. So I think stress happens also when we want. And here's the third I think we stress when we wrestle. If you're going through a hard time, if you're going through a hard time in your life or, or with God, maybe you're wrestling with God about something going on, which, by the way, if you're wrestling with God, that is normal. That is normal. It happens. It's okay. But the danger is, when you're in that wrestling, is that you trust God less. Your confidence in God goes down. Because you can't stop thinking about why. And maybe some of you are in a place like that, you're just asking, why? Why, God? Why this? Why, why aren't you showing up? Why does it continue to be like this in my life? 
Why haven't you improved things? Why, 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 why? And then when we don't get the answer, then some people are like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to try to solve this myself. And here's what we forfeit. We forfeit God's purpose and plan for us. Now, at the heart of it all, you have to believe that God's plan is better than your plan. I don't know that we're all convinced of that, which is crazy because if God's whole plan, if the Lord of the universe, the whole plan is to flourish you, why would you not trust it? And I was like, well, I don't know, because I can't see it, I can't, my, it doesn't feel as immediate, whatever it is, I don't know that we've really fully trusted that he knows what he's doing. Now, thanks be to God that there is a remedy. There is a remedy to your worry. Not that you'll never experience worry, but you won't let it derail the plans that God has for you. And this comes from a, a lesson that Jesus taught. He was teaching a sermon, his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And he teaches this, and he talks about why worrying and anxiety and the stress that it's causing, first of all, how it's killing you, but also, it doesn't have to be that way. This is from Matthew chapter 6. If you brought your Bibles with you, you may just want to highlight this whole scripture, or you may want to go home and, and you know, kind of print out a couple just to keep handy, because there's some stuff in here that I think you'll find to be really relevant to your life. This is what Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Now, he'll keep going and talking about about this, but you know, he's not just talking about clothes and food, but he's, he's addressing the basic necessities, the things that we really need. Isn't life more than the worry that comes with that? So keep that in mind. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? I mean, that's gold. In fact, I come back to this scripture a lot when I'm going through a season of worry. Because again, what is worrying? It's fear over something that hasn't happened yet, usually. And what's it doing? It's taking you out of the moment and projecting the worst possible future. And in the end, causing you not to trust that God's going to show up. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Whenever I read this, it always kind of hits me square in the heart. Because <laughs> I think worry is a big part of the stress that we experience every single day. So here's the remedy. Did you catch it? Did you catch Jesus' remedy? The remedy is to reprioritize. 
by prioritizing God, the stress of waiting and wanting and wrestling is eased. We need a reset, a recalibration. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all the, you'll get all these other things as well. The whole point is, is that when we get our, our trust out of order, when we trust in other things instead of God, when we put our hope in other things instead of God, it creates stress. He says we start by reprioritizing, letting God reorder our hearts. God reorders what's out of order. What, oftentimes, um, the image that's used, I love how Tim Keller talks about this. Uh, this is from his book, Counterfeit Gods. He talks about this, about idols. And if you uh, know Tim's work, you've heard him talk about this before. He says, really the best way to understand our wrong priorities is to understand the idea of idols. Like, in the Old Testament, we understand idols to be like these little hand-carved statues that people worship, but it's more than that. He says, an idol is really anything that you put in its wrong place above God. Something that you're trusting above God. Here's what the quote says. He says, what is an idol? It is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. Now, I don't think you're probably carving little statues and praying to them. If you are, this applies. But, <laughs> but I think also, uh, it, it's usually something that's good and healthy, but you just elevate above God and put it in its wrong order. And it creates stress, creates problems. So you could have something really good and healthy like your family. And you could elevate family above God. Then there's like the usual culprits. Work, success. You could put relationships above God. Pick a relationship. There are a lot of things that could become an idol. It's not that they're wrong, it's just they're in the wrong order. And what Jesus' remedy is, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. Notice that. And all these things will be given to you as well. All the things that you need, these things that you're wanting and wrestling and waiting on, I want to give you these things too, but I don't want you to get the order wrong. I want you to trust me above all those other things that you trust in your life. That's the remedy to disarming this stress. Again, not that you'll never experience stress, but it'll be disarmed. You won't have that level of spiritual stress that causes you to sacrifice what God wants for what you want in the moment. So what does it look like? I think it looks like Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Doesn't that sound good? Rest for your souls. It's interesting that rest... Is talked about a lot when it comes to God. Stress is the enemy of rest. Physically and spiritually. So it makes sense that if we're all wrapped up in our stress, it's hard to make time to really focus on God. It's just how it is. So 
So let's unpack this verse because I think it gives us a more practical way forward. I think understanding this idea conceptually is good, but how do we live it out? So here are a couple of things that I think this verse points the way to. The first is stand at the crossroads and look. To me, that sounds like get some perspective. Stop for a minute. Every year when we go on vacation up to Lake Champlain, um, I always have this moment when I go out and I look at the water from where we are, and on the right-hand side are the Adirondack Mountains, on the left are the Green Mountains, and this huge expanse of Lake Champlain in front of me. It's weird, but just being in that place, all of a sudden it kind of resets my perspective. You ever, you ever done that? You go to vacation or whatever it is, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, things become a lot more clear. When you change your perspective, when you're on the mountaintop, you can breathe a little easier because you see where the trail goes. When you're down in the valley, all you see are the trees. You just see this much of the path. It's a perspective thing. So what do I mean? Well, spiritually, we've got to get some perspective. For you, it may be coming to worship on Sunday, that that's a way that you get reminded, that you get a little dose of perspective to help you reprioritize. Maybe it's going for a walk in the park this week. I know your schedule's crazy, but even 15 minutes, just getting out and just breathing and walking and moving can help you get perspective. Whatever that is for you, whatever your thing is, I want to encourage you. We got to find a way to build those Lake Champlain moments into our everyday lives. We got to find a way to build that perspective in. Otherwise, the stress can just blind us. And I think that's something as little as five minutes it can be, just a reset. But stop at the crossroads and look. Pay attention. The next is what? To ask. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is. It's really simple, but it's something that we often forget. It's like, okay, God, I want to put your kingdom first in my life and live it out. But oftentimes we don't get to the next question, which is, okay, show me what to do. Show me what to do in this situation, in this moment. Ask. God will show you where the good way is. The ancient pass. Where, where you're going to live out the purpose that he's created you to live. And I think, again, this is five minutes or less a day. I often talk about my coffee prayer. If you've never heard it or never tried it, maybe this week you try it. It's literally, I get up, I definitely have my coffee, and I say, I say one sentence, God, let me be awake to you today. And that's enough. If that's all I have time for, that's enough for me to feel like I'm asking and resetting and waiting on God to show up. And that's the thing, we've got to build that into our lives. We don't usually live our purpose on accident. Just like any good thing that you've had, it's probably not been on accident. It's been work. It's been intention. And then the third, and this is so important and also easy to miss, is what does the scripture say? It says, then walk in it. Like, do it. This is where a lot of us get stuck. Is that we believe here, but it never shows up in our actual lives. It never makes the transition to our hands and feet. And here's the thing. Jesus doesn't call us to be believers. You're like, what? Whoa, 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 hope. 
What did you just say? He doesn't call us to be believers. He calls us to be disciples. There's a scripture that says, even the demons believe and tremble. Belief is just a part of it. It's got to show up in your life. What's the role of a disciple? To become just like their teacher. Our journey of faith is becoming more and more like Jesus. That's what he's calling us to. And that means we got to walk. we got to do it. we got to put it into action. We're not going to execute it perfectly. Just a little spoiler alert. You're not going to get it right all the time. That's okay. But think about it. Even if you get it right, right, get it right more times, you got a better shot of living out your purpose more. And then the payoff, and you will find rest for your souls. To live in God's rest as your baseline for your life. Not the stress that is literally robbing you of your life, but the rest that comes with a life in Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you this week. Take some time to stand and look, or to ask, or to walk. And here's my advice. Don't try to change your whole life in one week. It's like New Year's resolutions, right? You'll get super discouraged. You'll be like, I can't do this. I can't follow Jesus. Don't do that. Just do one thing more than you did last week. One. Just do one thing more. And maybe you'll start to even experience a little more rest for your souls. Let us allow God to remove the stress obstacle so that we can live our purpose. We can launch into what he has for us next. Amen.